0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, good morning. How's everybody doing today? You guys doing good? Good to, good to see everyone. Come on, would you please help me welcome all of our locations right now, and everyone watching online. We are so glad that you're with us this weekend, and we are kicking off our heart for the house uh, series this weekend and we're going to talk about for the next few weeks really having a heart for God's house and what it looks like to build Jesus church how many of you know Jesus said in his word he says I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and so so that's why we're here we're here to worship God and to build his church we want to build what Jesus is building but before we get into today's message, uh, girls, how many of y'all are excited about Shine this Friday and Saturday? So I just wanna emphasize what Pastor John said. First of all, come on, husbands, boyfriends, listen. You might have had a date to the game or whatever like that. It is time to send your wife or girlfriend or daughters or, and all their friends, send them to Shine. You stay home with the kids. Come on, guys, and how many of you know when we stay home with the kids, it's a little bit different? You know what I'm saying? We, we know just how to get help. How I many you know what I'm saying? You kind of call over a few people. It's not that bad. You act like it's bad, but it's not bad. We we know what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? We just kind of fake how much trouble it was to whatever. But I'm just saying, you need to get your wife or girlfriend or daughters or mother or sister, whoever you need to get them to shine. Now listen, um, you can just walk right up and register the day of shine, but there is a risk. I mean, we do have... Um, I think 250 something spots left or almost 300 spots left. Um, and so, so just please go ahead and register now. It's just such a great, it's just really two days. It's Friday, it's Saturday, and uh, it's just such a great refreshing time for our girls. You don't wanna miss it. So I just wanted to say that. And then on the, so with that, we're gonna go ahead and, uh, and kick off the Heart for the House series. Um, and, uh, you know, every year, leading up to this offering on November 5th and 6th, uh, this is one of my favorite series uh, of the year, because many of you know my story, and, and at my core, I'm a church planter. Uh, I'm an evangelist. What motivates me is seeing lost people come into the kingdom of God and being disciples. You know, um, many of you know my story. I I wasn't brought up in the church or brought up in a real Christian home and and I was lost and I was out in the club scene and the bar scene and doing a bunch of crazy uh, stuff. And uh, man, Jesus saved me. I was lost and I was found. And, uh, And, and so I'm spending my life reciprocating thanksgiving back to God and I wanna share with others what Jesus has done in me. There are people out there just like me. There are people out there just like you when you didn't know Jesus. And the world is hurting and broken. And I, 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 it's, it's during these few weeks where you know we're, we're busy, we got stuff going on, the holidays are coming, all that kind of stuff where we just kind of pause and uh, in fact, that word in Psalms, you might have read it before, selah. Everybody say selah. So you, you'll see a lot of times the psalmist will say selah. And what he's saying is, hey, look, just pause and step back from the busyness of your everyday life and just think about these things and get refocused. And so that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. And I'm really excited because we're going to be taking a, a look in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a great example of a leader who is building God's church. And I think he's a type and shadow of every New Testament follower of Jesus. So what we're going to do this weekend, I'm going to kind of summarize uh, chapters one through four. The next weekend, of course, we'll take a ble- break because Dr. Cloud, one of our Shine speakers, who's just absolutely phenomenal, he'll be speaking on Sunday morning and uh, and then I'll pick it back up that next weekend, but I wanna talk to you about having a heart for God's house and what it looks like to build God's church. Let's pray. Father, we love you, we thank you for your word. Lord, for these next 30 minutes, God, I thank you, Lord, that we're gonna pause, we're gonna say la, we're just gonna get refocused, and Lord, by your spirit and your word, help us, God, to see with your eyes and to feel with your heart. What's important to you in Jesus name and everybody said amen and amen all right so what we're gonna do is we're gonna look in the book of Nehemiah here Nehemiah chapters 1 through 4 and just to give you a little context about Nehemiah who was Nehemiah well well Nehemiah was a, a contemporary of Ezra This is back in 445 B.C., and what we see in the book of Nehemiah, we see Nehemiah leading the third and final return to Jerusalem with some of the exiles that had been in Babylonian captivity. And so, uh, Nehemiah, he was a cupbearer to the Persian king. That's the guy who, you know, before before they served meals, you know, poisoning was like a big deal back in the day. And uh, so, being a cupbearer, you know, it was not that great of a job. How I many you know what I'm saying? Like, you might die every meal, you know, if some poison got in there. He was a king's cupbearer. And what we're gonna see here is we're gonna see that he begins to be moved by God to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls and the gates that had been broken down. If you understand, uh, it, 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 you know, cities or cities and ancient cities and in the cities that we see in the Old Testament, the wall was crucial to their strength. The wall was crucial to them being able to worship God freely. The wall represented the strength of what they wanted to keep in and what they wanted to keep out. And in many of you might remember two years ago how God gave me that vision to reach the next generation. And here in Jacksonville and in other cities like Orlando and Fort Lauderdale was to build a gate, a wall around these cities. Well, we're gonna have a hub campus and six other campuses, and we're gonna build these gates around the city. Why? Because we wanna keep righteousness in, and we wanna keep unrighteousness out. And we wanna take you know right once a month thousands of young people gathering here uh, every month on riot night we want to take that to orlando and fort lauderdale we want to have that at multiple locations the new orange park location and, and amelia island and all around the city why because we want to get righteousness in the next generation we want to get unrighteousness out i'm telling you god has a plan for this next generation okay everything crazy that's going on in the world, all the mayhem, all the insanity, you know what I say? Bring it on, bring on the chaos, bring on the mayhem. God is not shaken. his church is gonna prevail. I'm ready. I believe it's gonna be some of the greatest times for the church and the greatest times for followers of Jesus, you know why? Because we have the solution. We have Jesus and we're gonna see that God gives Nehemiah a vision. Remember this, every vision from God is a solution to a problem. So you might, you know, it's kind of Christian lingo when we talk about Jesus and we say Jesus is the answer. Well, what we mean by that is Jesus is the solution. The greatest problem in the history of mankind was the problem of sin. We were separated from God because of our sin. We couldn't save ourselves. That was a huge problem with having a relationship with God and experience eternity with God. Aren't you glad that God sent Jesus to be the solution to that problem. Okay? So watch. So when we talk about building the church, we talk about, Je- okay, Jesus is in the church. The church is the hope of the world. You know why? Because in the church, we have the real solutions to the problems. Like you think all oh, the racial divide going on in our country and everywhere, you, you think that's going to be solved by a, a, a political solution or a political agenda? I'm telling you, that's going to be solved by the church. Look around at the people in this church. There's diversity in this church. We're going to be a. We, we've we've always been a church. you think over there in Belfast, where Pastor Clay's going, that the, the hostility and the animosity and the hatred between the Catholics and the Protestants? you think that's going to be solved politically? No, it's going to be solved by Jesus. There's going to be saved Catholics and Protestants and all those people in celebration. Northern Ireland. Jesus is the solution to everything that's going on. Why? Because when we come into the kingdom of God, we understand that first and foremost, this is our mission, God first life, first and foremost, that what? We belong to Jesus. That God is our first family. So when we talk about things like color, our color is important, right? But we choose kingdom over color. We first belong to Jesus. Your color, your history, your ethnicity, your tradition, those are all important. That's part of how God made you. But just remember this, Acts says what? That he created the entire human race. Under one person. Come on, from Adam. So I'm just telling you right now, we're all we're all mixed. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know I'm mixed. Somewhere down my line, you know I got a brother from another mother. I know, I'm I'm gonna do one of those DNA tests and prove it sometime. I'll prove it to you. So let me tell you something interesting about Nehemiah. So Nehemiah was a revivalist. Nehemiah was a reformer. You could say Nehemiah was a church builder. He was going to Jerusalem. The city of God represents the church, the house of God, the city of God, God's people. And he's going to rebuild these walls. Now, this is real interesting as I was studying this. Nehemiah, his name actually means comforter, comforter of God. And we know what? That the Holy Spirit is called what? The comforter. So here's what I believe we can see in the book of Nehemiah. I, can, I believe that we can see a, a, a type, a shadow of how the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, works in the life of the believer to build God's church. How many of you wanna build God's church? How many of you wanna build what Jesus? Will? Oh, come on, you can clap better than that. I mean, if we're not interested in building God's church, like, what, what are we doing here? I mean, go go play golf, go do something. Why are you here? I'll tell you, I, and, and, I'm getting ahead of myself. But this is, uh, I love talking about this stuff. Many of you know, before, uh, you know, I, I actually became a, a, a pastor, well, I was a pastor, but before I got into like, you know, this kind of pastoring. I planted uh, churches in the Amazon uh, jungle, and uh, I had the privilege of preaching the gospel to people that had never um, heard of the name of Jesus, and, um, and so, man, it's, it's, it's in my blood. It's who I am, and uh, it's just a privilege to serve God, but uh, so, so here's what he does. So he's going to go back, and, and here's what we're going to see. With Nehemiah, here's here's how we build God's church and the supernatural things that happens because when he goes back, God gives him this vision. And when he goes back, he rebuilds the wall in 52 days. 52 days. If you've been over to the Jerusalem and you've seen the old wall, that would be a miracle back in those days. 52 days. Remember, our church, we have the opportunity for a real miracle. We have the opportunity with these six new locations we have the opportunity to see god expand his church his kingdom his walls and have more seats to reach and disciple people in one year than in the previous 18 years combined Woo! how many of you know that's a miracle that's a miracle and I, I i've said this before i'm gonna say it one last time you might be saying well still all, what about regency and what about the you know what about all these other things listen all of those things I'm giving you information as we go, but we never had the places locked up. If I didn't share anything with you until we actually had all the due diligence done and everything, we had Regency under contract, we've had several LOIs and things like that. And then if we get into them though and we find out it's not what they said it was, if we get into it though and the bank starts changing things at the last minute, I'll tell you this right now, your pastor will walk. We will walk in a heartbeat because that's not how God works. And if I didn't tell you anything until everything's totally done, I'd be like, okay, it's ready. We need a million dollars next week. I can't do that. All right? So just fist bump your neighbor and say, hey, we got to roll. We got to learn to roll with pastor. We are rolling with pastor. But these things, these six locations, unlike any time before, we have the locations. We have the team. We have everything. All we're lacking is $1.7 million. <laughs> that's all we're, that's it. Now, remember, remember, that, that sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But I want to remind you, you know, our church this year, we're probably going to take in close to $20 million. You might say, how do we do that? We must have a bunch of big, rich givers. No, we don't. But you know what we have? We have a lot of committed people. Yeah. That give their fifty dollar tithe and their hundred dollar tithe, and yes, some that have been blessed they give more than that, and they give when they're listen. This church has never been built on the gifts of a special few. It has been built on the sacrifices of many. And and so, so we come. So when we come to this time of the year, it's just about all of us doing our our part. Okay. And so let's look at, at, at Nehemiah here. Let me just, I'm going I'm to show you these three things. You ready? Here's, here's how we build God's church, and here's what we're going to see happens in ne, Nehemiah um, in these first four chapters. Okay, first of all, he's moved by the need. Everybody say, moved by the need. He's moved by the need. The second thing is, he gathers the troops. Everybody say, gathers the troops. In other words, he gets people from going from being spectators to participators, Everybody's got to do their part, okay? And then the last thing, he takes up arms. Everybody say, takes up arms. He is moved by the need, he gathers troops, and he takes up arms. Let me read you a couple of scriptures here. So here's what happens. He's the cupbearer for the king of Persia. We're just gonna skip around, so just kind of follow me, all right? Are y'all with me? So then these people tell Nehemiah in chapter one, verses three and four, it says, they said to me, Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. So they're susceptible to all kind of enemy attack. Their enemies were all around them. They didn't want Jerusalem, let me say it this way, they didn't want the church to be strong. The enemy doesn't want the church to be strong. The enemy wants the church to stay weak. So Nehemiah hears this, Jerusalem is weak, it's vulnerable, it's not strong. And look uh, what he says, in ver- it, it, look what happens in uh, verse four. He says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. The first thing that happens to Nehemiah and the first thing that needs to happen to us if we're gonna build God's church and if we're gonna see this the, God's, God's kingdom expand. Uh, in this next year, is we have to be moved by the need. We have to be moved by the need. In other words, a burden. Let me ask you this: Do, When's the last time you've had a, a a burden for hurting people? A burden for the lost? I think a lot of times that we can get a a, a burden for our kids. You know, a burden for those closest to us, and that's very important because we have the uh, 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 more authority to pray for them and, and, and things like that. But just in general, being moved by the need—when you're moved by need—what happened with Nehemiah was he, he, he had to do something. So let me give a great example of this in the natural. So we were hit by Hurricane Matthew last weekend, you know, and what happened? So. In the, because it's in the natural, we can see it, right? Man, we see houses wrecked, and roads torn up, and flooding, and trees down, and you know, the news is interviewing people in shelters, and they lost their home, and all that. And so what happens, we are moved by the what? We're moved by the need. So what do we do? We give, and we rally teams. I wanna just thank Celebration Church. Come on, give yourselves a hand right now. Because, man, our church rallied so fast. We had so many teams. We had money come in. I mean, I, I, I think we, we, like, like we had over. Like, there were teams ready to go that never even went out. Like, we had such a response. Why? Because you could see the destruction in the natural, and when you saw it, you felt it, and when you felt it, you were moved by it. If we could only see with God's eyes in the spiritual the destruction and brokenness that is all around us that is going on in people's lives. If we could only see the the, the countless number of people that are entering eternity without God. The heaven and hell are real places. There's a generation out there that's being that, that's so hurt, that's so in pain because of all the things that are being pumped in them. If we could only, if we could, just like we see with our natural eyes what a hurricane does, what a flood does, what a disaster does, what an earthquake does, what war does, what, what, what starvation does. Man, if we could see with spiritual eyes What's going on in eternity? Yes. And I'm telling you, every disaster here on earth, it's temporary. But eternity is forever. Yes. And so that's why as the church, man, it's, it's kind of like this. like, like, do, do, we, do we believe what we say? Yes. Do we really believe that Jesus came to seek and save the lost? Do we really believe that there's a heaven and a hell? Do we really believe that our lives are but a, but a vapor? You know, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the things that people will give their lives to the commitment, the money, the resources. I mean, we have people, they are out there dying for whales. I'm pro whale. Pro whale. <laughs> let me get that out right now before I get all the hate email. Okay, listen, I'm pro whale. I'm pro free willy. <laughs> get, get free willy, get him out that pool, get him in the Pacific, let him willy on out uh, all he wants in the ocean. I love the orcas, I love the whales. But I was watching this show, and these, it was called uh, Whale Wars. Uh, Who you say? These people, like, 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 like they're, they're under attack. They were trying to save this whale from being attacked by the, these Japanese fishing vessels. I mean, the Japanese Navy is out there. I mean, they're risking their lives for a whale. Once again, for the record, pro-whale, <laughs> pro-orca. But I'm just saying, we got people risking their lives for whales, And then people that claim to follow Jesus won't even invite their neighbors to church, won't even come to God's house because the parking's too inconvenient, don't give any money. the church just wants my money. That's right, we want your money. You know why? Because we're gonna spend it saving souls from hell. Give me that stuff. Let me see what you're spending your money on. Don't bring that up in here. I mean, and then we see like the terrorists, man, the terrorists are out there blowing themselves up for a false religion, blowing themselves up for hate, people dying for these kind of causes? And what's the church gonna do? We're, we're gonna sit here and be comfortable and, 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 and come to church so we can be entertained and hear an uplifting message? Listen, the, the, the church is not a cruise ship, we're a battleship. And so I'm just saying, if you want to go to some high-gloss, comfortable social club, put in your Sunday time church, that's not this church. This church will not work for you. Because I'm not about, I'm not about to, 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 all that Jesus has done for me, I'm not about to get to a place where we get comfortable And we just, listen, you know what we're doing? We are launching an entire generation. You saw those young pastors. You see all those kids in those colleges. You see all those young worship leaders. We are training them up and sending them out as warriors into the harvest field. We are thinking long-term. We are thinking legacy. We are thinking multi-generational. We're going to be used by God. And I'm just saying I'm not I'm 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 not being negative of any other churches but I don't know how you can call yourself a church if you're not out there Amen. expanding and believing and praying and and doing whatever you can to reach people. Amen. It's a good time to clap. <laughs> so he was moved by the need. Now look, look what happened. So he's moved by the need. Remember this, every vision that God gives someone is a solution to the problem. So he's moved by the need and now he's gonna go gather troops. I'm gonna read that to you, but let me tell you now why he has the confidence to gather troops, okay? Because what Nehemiah, after this vision, he realized he lacked two things. He lacked authority and he lacked resources. So he's like, King, I can't just go on down to Jerusalem and say, hey, I'm in charge now. Let's rebuild the wall. He's like, like I, I, I have to have authority to be who you've called me to be because, see, I was not that person before, but now I've had this encounter with God and God has a purpose on my life and a call on my life to build his church. So I need authority to be who you want me to be and to do what I've been called to do. And I also need resources. I need supplies to do this. So you know what the king did? You can read about this. This is chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 or 7 through 10. The king gave him letters that told everyone that he's now the governor of the province and that he has the authority to be that governor, and to build or rebuild Jerusalem. I'm gonna let you know this right now, that maybe in the past, see, you were not being who God's called you to be, but now you've surrendered your life to Jesus. I wanna let you know that Jesus has given you letters saying that you now belong to him saying that you now have his authority, saying that even though you're messed up and you still got some issues, you know what, that his blood forgives you, that you now have the Holy Spirit, that you are now a builder of his church. Come on, you're a holy nation. You're a royal priesthood. Because you know what happens? What? When you start stepping out and getting serious about God and participating in building God's church, the voice of the enemy comes in and says, who do you think you are? Look at your mess. And now you're gonna start doing this and start doing that. You, You think you're some kind of high and mighty Christian. You know what you say? You say, no, I'm just forgiven. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. And you need to remind the enemy that you have letters from the King and now you have the authority to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? And then he, the, 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 he's, he told the king, he said, I don't have any supplies, man. I don't have any money, I don't have any resources. So you know what the king did? The king said, okay, I'm gonna give you this wood from over here and I want you to talk to this guy and he's gonna give you that so, and all this kind of stuff so you can have all the resources that you need. Watch, to fulfill the purpose and the vision that God's given you. See, the reason why so many of us are in lack is because we are not engaged in the purposes of God. We're not engaged in building God's house, we just wanna build our house, and God says this, look, if you'll begin to build my house, you know what, I'll help you build your house. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you start living your life for the glory of God, everything changes. So what, man? So the king gave him all these supplies. What does the Bible say in Ephesians 3.20? That he is able to what? Do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could think or ask. But here's what we forget. We forget the last part of that scripture. You know what it says? Unto the glory of God. If you're engaged in the work of building God's church that brings glory to God, you can ask him whatever you want. You can ask him for resources, for blessings. See, you have not because you ask not. And the reason that you don't ask is because in your conscience, many of us, we know we're kind of one step in, one step out. How many of you are ready to go all in? All in for God. So look, so watch, now he's gonna, he's got the confidence, so now he's gonna gather the, the troops. Let's, let's read this. Look what it says here, Nehemiah 2, 17, 18. He says, but now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and in this disgrace. Then I told them how gracious the hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. Oh, that's I got a whole message right there. Are you having conversations with the king? Man, when you start having conversations with the king, you know what you're gonna hear? You are gonna hear about kingdom work. Jesus says, it should not be about my father's business. I'm telling you, when you have conversations with the king, when you realize the goodness of God in your life, you wanna reciprocate back to him with thanksgiving and gratefulness in just some small way. Oh, I, I wish somebody was, was thankful today. Look what they replied. Here's what, here's what I want us to reply. Okay, look at how they replied. Yes! <laughs> Isn't that a great reply? That's what every pastor wants to hear from his congregation when he's talking about building the church. Yes. Oh, there's some yeses out in, in God's house? Can I hear some yeses? Can I hear some yeses? Come on, on the count of three, will you just say yes, you ready? One, two, three, come on. Yes! Look what they say, yes! Let's rebuild the wall, I love this. So they began the good work. Can I tell you that when you're building God's kingdom, it's always a good work. It's always a blessed work, it's always something that you're gonna be blessed because of. So that's what he did, they said yes, and he gathered the troops. And then, of course, he gets all kind of resistance. There's this guy, Sanballat. There's these guys, all the enemies of Jerusalem. Here's what happens, watch. Here's what happens. They see that Jerusalem, let me just say, the church is no longer gonna be weak. They see that, oh no, here's this guy, Nehemiah, and here are these followers of God And they've been irrelevant for a long time. They've sat here weak for a long time. But now they're getting serious about getting strong. And we know when something gets strong, then it's gonna wanna expand. It's gonna wanna expand its influence. So we have to do everything we can to attack them, to discourage them, to distract them. See, let me tell you this, remember this. when this, Every time the spirit moves in, the enemy rises up. Every time, some of you, 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 you you're, you're putting into practice some of those things we talked about in that relationship series, and what happened? All hell start to break loose. You know what I'm talking about? You start coming, you start tithing, all of a sudden you get fired, it's like, you get serious, all of us, watch, watch. When the spirit moves in, the enemy rises up. And that's why God talks to us about fighting the good fight of faith. That's why, if there was no fight, there would be no faith. Do you see, I I, I preached a message one time on why there were giants in the promised land. The giants were God's insurance policy to make sure that only a people of faith would inherit the promised land. There has to be an obstacle. There has to be a Goliath. There has to be something that comes against you with resistance, watch, so you learn how to take your weapon, You learn how to trust God when it doesn't make sense because without faith, it's impossible to please God. This is how we grow. Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good courage. I've overcome the world. Can I tell you that when you begin to come into a deep relationship with Jesus where you're building his church, yes, you're gonna have all kinds of things going on around you and circumstances and problems we all do. It's the world we live in. It's called life. Life is full of pain and disappointment. And that's why we should not put too much stock in this world. But we've gotta realize where our true home is and what our purpose is while we're here. And that we're gonna overcome. So look at the last thing. So, so, So they get all this resistance from the enemy and so he tells them this, here's the, the third thing here. So he had, he had told them that he was moved by the need, He gathered the troops, and the third thing here is he takes up arms. He gets everybody to take up arms. Say, take up arms." Look at Nehemiah 4:17 through20. It says, "Those who were building the wall, the laborers carried on their work. Look at this, with one hand supporting their load, and with one hand holding a weapon, all the builders had a sword belted to their side. Look, the trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, the work is very spread out, we're expanding, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Whenever you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, I love this, then God will fight for us. Let me show you, let me give you a picture of what was going on as they were building this wall. And I believe it's the picture of every follower of Jesus that's engaged in his mission. Watch this. It says in one hand, they were carrying their load, it was basically bricks, rocks, they were building the wall. In other words, in one hand they had a brick, they were building the city, I could say they were building the church, in one hand they had a brick, in the other hand they had a sword. In one hand they were building God's church, in the other hand they had a weapon so they could fight. What do we do as believers? We're called to build God's church, and while we're building Jesus' church, we're also called to fight the good fight of faith. Watch. With the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God, this is a picture, look, this is the real picture of the believer. It's not us, you know, all whimpery, you know, and old white Jesus, old white Jesus with his bleach blonde hair, holding a baby lamb, looking all emaciated, and us all sitting around, singing Kumbaya, and na nah, nah. No, we serve a king. And you know what the king says? Seek first what? My kingdom, the kingdom of God. His righteousness. Everything you need shall be added unto you. This is the Christian. We're building God's church and we're standing on the word and activating the word and fighting the good fight of faith and being who God's called us to be. Oh, I wish I had some followers of Jesus up in here that knew how to move forward with a brick and with a sword. Watch, you know what the brick speaks of? The brick speaks, this, this is the practical, the practical things in giving, and building God's kingdom. You know what, both of them require time and energy. Okay, but it's really two things. Look, it's one of our serving lanyards. This is a tithing offering envelope. Watch this. I want you to get this picture. I'm building God's church. I'm expanding the kingdom. I'm focusing on God's house, but you know what I got? I got my own issues, but I thank God I have the sword of the spirit, I have the word of God. Lord, I thank you no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Father, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for my kids. Father, I thank you, whatever's going on in my finances, Lord, I thank you that I tithe and I know that this is a test and you're gonna open the windows of heaven. Father God, Lord, you know my, my weaknesses, Lord. I thank you you love me in spite of my weaknesses, God. Lord, I thank you that you have plans for me. It's a future and it's a hope. Jesus, I thank you that you're a healer. And man, I'm so, I'm serving, so, I'm showing up in the parking lot. I'm going to make sure every person that comes in that parking lot is, is, is experiences the love of Jesus. And I'm going to give, I'm going to add my brick at the, for the heart, uh, for the house offering. I'm going to bring my very best, whatever I can give. I'm going to put my brick in there. I'm focused on a Eternity, and I know that I have an enemy, and, and, and but I'm going to stand on God's Word because I'm an overcomer. You see, this is a picture of the church. We follow Jesus with a brick and with a sword, with a brick and with a sword, with a brick and with a sword. We build and we fight, and we build and we fight, and we build and we overcome and we build, and we overcome. Come on, can you give God some worship? Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.